give it to him with a hand clap this morning. God, we love and appreciate you today. Your goodness, faithfulness. Lord bless you. You may be seated. We'll let our classes go back. It's good to see our guests. God bless you, Sister Twan. It's good to see you this morning. God bless you. Amen. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. To come and worship Jesus Christ with all that is within us. He's our supplier. He's our way maker. And thank God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of his kingdom this morning. How about you? Amen. It put me on that journey, put me in that pathway to find that place of completion, that place of perfection. Hallelujah. Is the great author himself who placed his hand upon each and every one of us to mold us and to shape us into his image and his likeness. The writer, man, Paul's writings in one area talks about. Uh, Amen. The earthly image, and then there is a heavenly image. God help us, help us. Amen. Created in His image and likeness, both male and female created He them. But yet there is a heavenly image. Amen. That we lost in that garden, that fellowship, that relationship. And but through Jesus Christ, Amen. That you and I can regain that at least to a certain measure. Hallelujah. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and. God moves upon us and helps us. Amen. Brother Ford's class, did it go out? Tell him to come back in. If it did, it surely it didn't. All right. Okay. And, but anyway, as we love God here today and just let his hand and his voice move upon us. I'm telling you, God's going to do some great things for us. Got a good lesson? It's a lengthy lesson if we cover it all. And we're going to try our best, amen, to cover as much of it as we possibly can. Amen. It deals with parables, and some of them we've talked to a certain degree. But uh, what a beautiful way the writer of the lesson even brings it to our attention that uh, Jesus Christ and, and ministering and working uh, to touch lives, to touch souls, and to, uh, to be able to impact their hearts and impact their lives. Man, I'm telling you, uh, if it's ever been a time to get your mind made up, Get your heart sold out. Man, to live for God. Now, that's true for every generation and true for every day. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the time. Man, now is the appropriate time. Now, now, because you don't know about tomorrow. As an individual, you and I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but God does. And so, today's a good day to get your salvation sealed. Get your calling election sure. Amen. Why? As you're going to notice in the couple of parables as we go through them in Matthew the 13th chapter. Actually the whole setting of it. If you're going to get the fullness of it. We'll have to back up to Matthew the 11th chapter. 12th chapter and 13th chapter. Amen. As we look at these parables. And what Jesus is trying to uh, reach his. If I can put it this way. Congregation. Reaching those that's uh, listening to him. That's in his presence. Amen. As he talks about those that have an ear to hear and a heart to understand. And a lot of this hinges, amen. I've realized in the last um, a little while that a lot of this hinges, amen, upon us as individuals and our, our desire and abilities. Some, <clears throat> some you know, uh, our will, amen. You know, God, if you don't have a will, pray that God will give it to you. 
man. That's Paul's writing to Renton Church called that God would give you the will, not only the will, but to, to do, to do. Amen. What he instructs us. And man, pray to have a love for his commandments. Uh, have a love for his principles and, and his instructions. Um, and that's against our nature. It, it's, it's not in us. We lost that. Man, everybody is born to shape an iniquity. And the spirit of iniquity that's running rapid. Amen. Among us. And uh, I don't have it studied out well enough at this point. Amen. But even at the ending of this lesson, it talks about Babylon. And it talks about the city of Babylon, the, the mystery of Babylon. And, and that force and power that's always worked against God. And the, the, the uh, instructions or the will of God. It's always been there. It's always going to be there until finally, until finally. We're going to see a lesson. It will be destroyed and done away with. But until then... You and I, we may ponder sometimes, uh, even with the Holy Ghost, the struggles that we find ourselves in, the opposition that we find facing sometimes. And sometimes it may be from individuals, but a lot of times those individuals will prompt a man and moved upon. And uh, you're going to notice even here as we look at the different uh, uh, individuals that Jesus tried his best to persuade and give instructions, amen, of, of the kingdom of heaven that is hand, at hand, amen. That means if it's at hand, it's reachable, it's attainable, it's here. Now is the time, amen, tomorrow, one service could be too late, hallelujah, because when you look at the latter part of this, you're going to realize the, the, the penalty, amen, of not taking heed, the penalty of not paying the price and 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 please don't try you know don't think I'm just trying to be a little too harsh even the beginning of this lesson or this service today amen but but I promise you amen five seconds in eternity either way amen you if you make it you're going to be thankful hallelujah that you made it and not not one thing that's too hard it's going to be as though it's nothing but if you don't make it I'm going to tell you there's going to be so much regret and I believe amen once you and I have set them especially in apostolic services and felt God and been in the presence of God and raised in, in an apostolic church. Hallelujah. That that knowing, knowing God, knowing that we'll never exit that place. We'll never never be able to get out of that. That that judgment's going to be throughout an eternity where our soul is going to wind up. And so time is not going to mean anything there. It's not going to mean a thing. It's not going to get better. There's going to be no hope whatsoever of a better day. Praise God. But there's going to be all the hope that, you know what? On the other place, that this is never going to end. It's never going to be an ending, amen, of this joy and peace and love and, and, and satisfaction like you and I have never experienced. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's some things we really don't put a lot of focus on. We do in this life. We do upon this earth because there's so much, you know, the fussing and fighting and, and disunity and things of that nature that's running rapid and among us and through us in a world I'm talking about here. Hallelujah. Because of the spirit of iniquity, because of the Babylon and what comes out of Babylon and the forces of that place. But anyway, as we look at this, so shall it be. So shall it be. In fact, you'll see that a number of times, even in Matthew, the 13th chapter, those statements are made by Jesus Christ himself. Focus verse is going to be found in Matthew 13, 47 and 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, 
They drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Thoughts about God, God's love draws all people into his kingdom. Thank God for the love of God. That love that we want to flow out of us. And as soon as we get through with some of the doctrines, the Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about the doctrine of love. Amen. The love of God and how they're effective and how powerful, how long-suffering and gentle it works. It works through us and among us. Amen. If we have the true love of God, the true love of God in us. Man, I will join with all God's people in celebration of God's love. Amen. What a time, what a celebration. That's going to be, amen, for some, hallelujah, that's prepared themselves, made themselves ready to be a part of that. Hallelujah. You know, to sometimes we just, I know the business and things of that nature, we sometimes just kind of lose the grip of that and the revelation of that. You can read your lesson connection if you like. I'm not the biggest fan of reading, uh, favoring, and promoting uh, information. Of uh, I'm not a big fan of calling everybody Christians, okay? They do what they want to with that. There is a foundation to be built on to be called a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And when they have not experienced that foundation, I'm very hesitant. And I can, you know, I can, they can beat me up, do whatever I want to, whatever. But I'm telling you, there is a right foundation. Anyway, and I'm not disputing what was written there. Huh. Anyway, let's move on. So as we begin to look at the parables, first that he talks about, it's a parable of the sower. But, but before we do that, if you read your lesson, back up and you're going to notice, one of the first things you're going to notice that the kingdom of heaven is, is like a man. And so this is the parables. This is kingdom of heaven is like. These are parables that leads us into this kingdom. And a part of this kingdom. I mean, you just think we'll be a part of the kingdom this morning. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is that part of that kingdom. Amen. Is to walk in that spirit. To walk in that kingdom. That light. The salt of the earth. Hallelujah. All this works hand in hand. It works together. And, but you're going to notice that this was mentioned some five times. I believe it is. In Matthew alone. Man, this approach. Not in the first one here. Not in the very first one. Out of these, these are six amen, kingdoms or parables that's written to us in this 13th chapter. That we're going to briefly, as quickly as we can, go through some of them. But prior to that, we're going to work from the Matthew the 11th chapter. I'd love to kind of set a foundation. I'd love to kind of set the stage. As the writer even talks about it. He says, this series of parables follow what a stretch of narratives that feature various groups reactions reactions to Jesus the reaction I'm gonna t- can I tell us something this morning our reaction to Jesus or our reactions to this book is going to make all the difference of heaven and hell we gonna you know we there can be a lack of or a man the, the, re- the response is I'm going to obey the word of God regardless of the cost Regardless of the opinions of others. Regardless of how long uh, they've been living in their doctrines and revelation. To really to know God. You and I have to come on a personal basis. And in a, in a manner and a way is God I want to know you. I want to know truth. Truth makes or sets 
us free. God's got a true way. I know they've used these statements like this. Say, well, there's many parts of the body. That's true. But there's only one head. And all the parts that work together. Fitly joint together. And you can't take a part that don't believe like you believe. How can you walk together except, how can two agree or walk together except they agree? And God is not the author of confusion. Everything's going to work together in unison. There may be times in your life you'd like to be at two different places, but you can't do it. Neither can you cut part of your body off and leave it there while you go to the other place. And expect that part to survive. So, when we, the reaction, amen, to, to the words of Jesus, to Jesus Christ himself as the Messiah. So, we're going to watch this as Jesus works with them from the Matthew, the 11th chapter, and, and through the 12th chapter, that leads up to these parables in the 13th chapter that helps set the stage. Started out, and I won't, I won't, I won't, have, I won't have time to do it, so I'm just going to do, amen. Started out, it talks about John the Baptist. About them receiving or rejecting him. And who he was. And from that point, go back to the very, and I'll mention this verse again later on in, in Matthew's writings, the early part, that he talks about preach the kingdom of heaven at hand. The very beginning, even before it gets to this 13th chapter, it's mentioned two or three other times. But as this process begins to unfold and take place, as he talks about John the Baptist and the forerunner of coming of Christ and who he was, and he wasn't a reed that was going to be shaken. And, and it, so it, as he came and brought the gospel, the forerunner of Jesus Christ himself and those that would believe or accept him because those that rejected or had a problem receiving him was having a big problem receiving Jesus Christ as the Messiah also. And if they even in one place confessed that they had received, had they obeyed, him because when they questioned Jesus about that uh, amen who was John where was John from and they wouldn't tell him that he wasn't from God that he wasn't a prophet they wouldn't do it because of the people and the fear of the people and what he had taught and the results of that we see even from John that the preaching and what he, he commanded or demanded and the results of the fruits from them after they heard his message as the wild man to come out of the wilderness amen not dressed like the priest not looking like the priest but now there's going to be a transformation that's going to take place amen a transfer amen a power and authorities and, and doctrines and instructions that's going to unfold, the things that's going to be fulfilled. And so John the Baptist is a pre-runner of all of this, of who's going to accomplish that, who's going to achieve that, because this one coming after me is greater than I am, whose shoes I like. I am not worthy, amen, to loose, and I'm not worthy to wear his shoes and walk in him. He's the groom. I'm just the, I'm just the best man, but man, he's the groom. He's the one. Hallelujah. And it's all pointed to him. He goes as far as telling him, I must decrease, but he must increase. But they rejected him turn from him. He begins to work with them through these chapters of, of trying to get them to respond to who Jesus Christ himself is as the Messiah. And they was hesitant and, and, and they wouldn't receive him. And so if you go back and read that 11th and 12th chapter, it helps you to understand amen, the foundation and what Jesus was doing amen, in this 13th 
chapter. Now, we've heard these parables many a times. We have a little idea, amen. In fact, a couple of them Jesus himself gives the interpretation of, and some of them he does not. Amen. And so as, as we look at this and we begin to, uh, in our own hearts and our minds and our spirit, to, to take to heart. Amen. And, and, I, and I believe as we look at these parables, we can find ourselves at these parables at one time or another. Amen. Even sometimes, even after baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The working of the soil and things of this nature. So he picks up and he begins to start. As you, you go into your Bibles, and we're just going to try to use the Bible for the most part here this morning. Amen. As we go through this lesson. And as we look at it, as we go to the Matthew, the 13th chapter, and I'd love to went through the 12th and 11th and 12th, but uh, I knew time wouldn't allow us to be able to do all of that. So we're not going to be able to. But you're going to notice that that, let me say this much about it, though. The 11th and 12th chapter, it set up his the congregation it set up those that he was reaching out to a man and so it went from family members it went to religious leaders a general uh, assembly of, of a multitude of people from all various and forms and types now this is the ones that he had been working with and dealing with even when he was in the temple and when his mom and his dad, amen, his mom and brothers came to him. He said, he informs them that he that, you know, got to love your mom and dad or your, your children less than me. And he said, I, 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 you're my mom and dad. And he wasn't even being disrespectful. He was just simply setting up an order. He was setting up a, a, a platform, amen. For, and that's the way you and I, we got to come to that place. If we're going to live for God, if we're going to serve God, everything else has got to, everything else has got to come under beneath. Even the love for your, your spouse and the love for your children, the love for God, all of that, 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 that fades out. Now, that may be a little hard to understand, but it's still the truth. Amen. Because you've got to love him more than anything else. You've got to love him to the point and place that if your spouse don't live for God, you've got to make up your mind, I'm going to live for God. My children don't live for God, I'm going to live for God. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do my best. And, and so it, it leads up to that. And so then it starts out, man, the first parable. And we've heard this and we talked on it just a few weeks ago. The soil itself. Amen. As he begins to deal with them. If you go back and it says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And there a great multitudes were gathered together unto him. And I, I, this, this has really have got my attention in the last few years. How that great multitudes were attracted to Jesus Christ. Were drawn to him. Now some, a man came out, a man to, to, to test his words and, and to tempt him and try him and try to catch him in an area of fault, in an area where they could stone him and have a right to stone him because they feared him because of the people and because of this great multitude. And so we see this often where they would enthrone him. We see times where he performed miracles and performed great uh, uh, blessings upon him and they, they themselves would try to enthrone him him before his time they wanted him to be their king they wanted him to be their leader and but yet Jesus would just fade out he would just just you know I, I, you know just walk away I mean he was God a man and he could you know you could see him but you couldn't see him. 
He could be among you and they wouldn't even know it. And he could disappear and they wouldn't even realize it. But they wanted to enthrone him before time. And so because of these great multitudes and followers. And this is the way it should have been. Even when you get to the book of Acts. And it started out with just that minute and that seed as it talks about. That seed and that few. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes with one of the parables. But here you see as he begins to talk about a sower. A sower that goes out. Now the sower himself, the seed. Amen. We know that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the sower. The gospel, the good tidings. You and I as disciples of Jesus Christ, we become a part of that. Amen. We see another example of that. Amen. Whenever the great multitude that had been with him for three days. And, and he questions people, his disciples, about the bread. Amen. And fishes are going to feed them. And said, hey, we've been out here. No place. Not enough money to buy it. And said, well, what have you got? And the little lad had the food, fishes and loaves. And, and he takes it and blesses it and begins to break it. And hands it to the disciples. I personally believe, amen, as he handed it to the disciples and they began to make their way to the fifties and hundreds and amen, to the thousands that they had, but as they broke it and gave it to them, it kept increasing. They didn't have to come running back to Jesus. I don't take that wrong about coming back to Jesus. I'm just simply telling you, amen, as he blessed it and gave them authority and the power, amen, and his anointing was upon them as they broke it. That's the same way with you and I. When we begin to break the bread of life to people, amen, you and I know at times of witnessing, all of a sudden that bread begins to increase. All of a sudden, man, you start remembering scriptures and remembering things, amen, that you didn't realize that you had, had it in you, but all of a sudden, the umption, the power, holy, that bread comes alive. And I'm telling you, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. God. And so as the word of God begins to increase, there's no ending to the word of God. The power of it, the authority of it. And so, curious, you, you watch this. And the sower goes out and begins to sow the seed. And he talks about, amen, the, the wayside. He goes on the wayside. And here is that hard ground has been trodden down and things of that nature. And the fowls of the air come, amen. And they take up that before it has an opportunity, amen, to produce or bring about, amen. That's the reason you and I have to be careful, amen, when we're in the house of God or when we're reading the word of God or listening to it on our phones or, or whatever, however it might be, amen. We wouldn't let the fowls of the air. We wouldn't let them, amen, come and take it out of our heart, amen, or get the attitude and the spirit. God, I don't understand that. I, and don't put no effort into it. Don't put no time. No, it's worth digging it out. It's worth, amen, meditating upon it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's worth to get it into your spirit and get it into your heart and get it into your mind. Amen. We, we kind of, we got to be like the old cow sometimes. they got all the different bellies, amen. And it's not, this is kind of gross in a way, but as they eat that grass and send it down, they actually burn throw it back up and they could and they chew on it and it goes through different chambers sometimes the way the word of God works amen you've got to get it in your heart mind and spirit and sometimes you've got to meditate on it sometimes you've got to pray over it sometimes you've got to let it just keep working hallelujah the word of God will work in a man on a way like nothing else into your own thoughts and your own minds and your own heart and when the enemy's trying to come in that mystery of Babylon that's sending its voices and sending its arrows at you amen the word of God will help keep you directed right the word of God to help you keep a sound mind. The word of God help you keep a clean and pure heart. That's what it's about. Amen. Is we allow this to work. Amen. To get the nutrition, to get the best. Amen. I'm not a cowman. I'm just telling you that's the way it works. Okay. Hallelujah. So, you know, next time you eat one of those big steaks, think about it. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's got to go through that process. Get the nutrition out of it. Amen. Get the best out of it. Hallelujah. That's the same way with us. 
And I, I know we're living in a world today where, where everything's a punch of a button, you know, and we want things, but to, it's going to pay us to slow down. It's going to pay us, amen, to say, you know what, I'm going to spend some time with God. I'm going to spend some time in the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to slow down. Bishop Odom has been on us this whole series of, amen, of the, the, the Renaissance. And I've talked about from the very beginning a couple of years ago. Amen. Trying, hey, you've got to slow down. You've got to read it. Don't, don't get in a hurry. You read it. You study it. Meditate upon it. Think about it. Amen. Amen. There's a lot in that book. There's a lot that can be overlooked and, and, and never, never dug out because you simply don't take the time. And so you and I have to do that. That's the reason the enemy comes as quickly as he can to take it out of your heart, to take it out of your life, that it won't produce. Because you know why? The enemy knows if you'll let that word of God, that seed stay there. It's kind of like some of these weeds out here. They can lay dormant there for 20 years and go out and plow that ground up. That's the same way with the word of God. You ever get it anchored and planted into your heart? You let the right situations come, but here's the key. Here's the key to some of that sprouting now. You've got to be willing to be plowed again. Because of crush, because of hardness, because of bitterness, because of life and the things of life can cause such a callousness in our hearts and minds. The word's there. Well, that's going to be a sad day on judgment day. It's when God, amen, reveals to us, my word was there the whole time. But because of callousness and hurt. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying those things. Those are wills and we got to deal with them. Okay, I understand that. But sometimes you and I got to get back. But this is what the Bible says. This is what the word of God says. And I'm going to overcome that. And I'm going to allow that to be piled up. That bring forth the word of God. Bring forth the fruit of the word of God. Back into my heart and life and soul. And so he moves on. As he moves from the wafer, the hard ground, the pat ground. Amen. And he moves out and he talks about it. goes on and he says in the stony places. And there we know that the stony places, amen, that there's no depthness to it because the time wasn't given. Man, the Bible calls the word of God in one place a hammer. What is that hammer for? It breaks up those stony things. Hallelujah. And you know what? Uh, I'd love to say that once they all got out that it's over with. Hmm. But that's not true, is it? Why? Because you've got an enemy. Amen. To come at the night time and... I know I may be going just a little bit, but the parable is going to be talking about in just a few minutes. The tares. Sow those tares. He'll try to do the same thing in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit. And if we're not careful, we'll justify it because of life, because of the decisions of others and what they've done and what they've done to us. If we're not careful, that become a crutch, that become a means or, or a... I hate to say an excuse, but let me, a better word, a reason is to start feeling the way I feel. Man, uh, even our, our, our world has realized that the importance of a family. Now, this is amazing to me. We got on one hand, the government's doing everything it can to promote, you know, same-sex marriage and this type of lifestyle. But on the other hand, they know as well as you and I that a lot of these welfare programs and lives or families is because the family itself has been broken down. In other words, there's not a father there, a father figure in the house or a mother figure that's not in the house. And because of a likeness of that, we have to deal with some issues and deal with life. They don't all become casualties, thank God. They don't all become, I'm going to tell you what, though, the majority of them does. That's the problem. 
And even those that may make it is what this world calls success. Far as making money and holding positions. They're full of bitterness. And they're full of hurt and envy and strife. And you can't hardly be around them. And you can't hardly work for them. And it goes way back. They never let something dig it out. They never let something reach in there. Amen. Well, they left me. They've done this. And, and if you don't believe that's true, just take and examine the next time something happens. What's the things that start popping in your brain? I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to you. And I promise you, if you'll take heed to what I'm telling you this morning, that when that pops up, and if you, you can't hide it now. You can't deny it. Oh, I, I, I done forgave him. I forgot about that. But the next time something a little happens, and that's what comes into your, you haven't. It's still there. It's still there. And the devil's using it as a means and a tool, amen, to keep you in subjection, to keep you in captivity. See, everybody's held captive by something. Everybody. Everybody is a prisoner of something. Well, Jesus Christ came and took captive captive. Because we was held captive by that falling nature and by that sin nature. And we couldn't deliver ourselves. We couldn't set ourselves free. We had to have a Savior. And that's the reason the Scriptures taught us He came and took captive captive. And if He don't hold us, We'll wind up right back. And the way he holds us is out of obedience. And allow his hand and his word to work on us. How many of you remember? I, I don't remember. It was one of the lessons or whatever. But I remember uh, I read an article maybe. or I, I can't remember all that just came to my mind. But anyway, this, the heart surgeon that had a, had a high success rate. Even above some of his own peers around him. And the reason they began to question him and said, what are you doing that's so different from the other surgeons? But whenever that heart wouldn't respond when it's supposed to, they, he would literally take that heart and put it in his hands. And he began to massage it and work it and work it. Even when it wasn't, he, he and just kept working it and working with it. And, kept. and when they finally figured out what was really going on, that that little, that little, Massaging and working with it and taking the time and just not giving up. Now, no, this thing's going to work. I'm going to keep working with it. I'm going to keep. I never how he has to do that. I don't know all that details. Amen. But to the end of the day, he had more successful heart, open heart surgeries than anybody else. God works the same way. Where you and I may would give up. And we may say there's no, no need. God, amen. Long-suffering. God's long-suffering. He'll just keep working with that heart. He'll keep working with that individual. He'll just keep loving that individual. He'll just, he, he won't give up easily. Sometimes he may move on somebody to help him to be his hand or his voice. And sometimes he may send people that you never dreamed that he sent our way to work for us and work upon us. Man. And, and so God knows what he's doing when he knows how to, he knows how to work the soil. That's, that's what makes farmers successful. They know how to work the soil. It's kind of like ship fitting. When you learn how to fit 
Amen. It won't work you all the time. You'll work it. You'll let it work to your advantage. You'll learn how to do certain things that, 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 that causes it come together a lot quicker and faster. And you won't work near as hard as others and they'll beat themselves to death and won't have near as much done as you do. As he moves on from that, he talks about a man uh, fell among thorns and it, stony places, and then the thorns himself. And folks, I'm going to tell you, this is probably going to be our biggest in, in America right here. This one. He gave the interpretation. I'm not going to go through that part of it, but, but what was it? It's good soil, but there was thorns that was never dealt with. Or if they had been gotten out at one time, they made their way back. Any farmers in the house? Have you, ever, have you ever pulled all those weeds out the next year? You say, man, we got them all out. We burn them all. There's no seed, so I don't have to worry about none next year. I know farmers that's been farming for years, and they've used spray, and they've done this, and they're still, still having to plow. They're still having to use spray. You know, it's just part of the curse, like it or not. It's part of the curse. And we're going to have to buy the sweat of your brow. <laughs> but, but here, the cares and the riches of life is what he lightened these two. That'll choke us. That'll literally choke the word of God. Because when we're so occupied and busy, either trying to make it or spend it. <laughs> One or the other. Because we're making it so we can buy them new gadgets to play with. I get no, no, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you the world we're in today. And we got, we got, we got some that because they're so blessed, and I'm talking about here, I'm talking about some that don't even know truth. They, they say that's a blessing of God. That's a blessing of God. But they spend every Sunday working. And give God the, the glory and the praise for it. But yet it's a curse to them. Because it's robbing them. It's choking out the word. They don't have time for the word. Don't have time for God. I, I'm too busy. I got too much. And some, some of them even lose their families. So, so busy. And that's not only just the males anymore. Well. So to live this balanced life, to, to, to because we're going to see now that Jesus has led up in these parables as he's dealing with humanity and dealing with lives and, and trying to, to work on their behalf to get them to, into a rapture because that final one's really going to nail it all down. And, and so then he talks about the good soil. Amen. Other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Who have ears to hear, let him hear. We've got to have an ear. We've got to have an ear. We've got to have a desire. We've got to have a passion. Uh, why do you think you struggle with some things on Sunday morning that you don't struggle with any other time? I mean, the devil don't care if you get up six days out of the week, rip and run and do your thing. He don't care if you go hunting every, every, every morning. Man, he'll help you get up at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever. Just don't get up Sunday morning. Just don't 
I feel like I'm hitting a stump here. It might be a big old tree. <laughs> we all got to deal with it. I'd love to stay in that bed too on Sunday mornings. By the way, I'd love staying in on Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> all the rest of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we don't get to, do we? So that's the same way for living for God. How many of you young people are interested in getting the ministry? Don't, you don't got to lift your hands. Don't do that. How many of you are interested in maybe becoming involved in it in some form or fashion and singing Sunday school department and ministry and maybe in foreign mission work? Or, you know what? One of the first things you're going to have to do is make up in your mind, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to get up. I'm going to be early. I'm going to make this a priority. It doesn't matter if all the other youths doing it or not. Huh. I'm not going to go to places they're going. I'm not going to get involved and called up. And No, I'm going to get some time. I'm going to get into a prayer closet. And I'm going to, I'm, here, here's the deal. Whenever you want to step into those realms, that means you're stepping into leadership. We can't be like the gentleman we heard the little, and I'm, I hope it's a joke. I'm sure it's a joke, but the guy said that, uh, hey man, this lady was punching her husband, said, come on, hey, it's church Sunday morning. Come on, you got to get up, got to get up. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't go. And she finally poked, said, you've got to go. You're the pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you ain't got no choice. <laughs> so you, you got to go. And so if you're going to be a leader, you got to show up for prayer meeting when others don't want to show up. I'm talking to you. But everybody in here ought to want to be a leader because everybody is to a certain point, certain. But yet when you start stepping into that realm and into that place, it comes on your heart. You begin to, whenever you start wanting to get into leadership, you start noticing things. You may drive up on the church parking lot and there may be some trash or there may be a little something else and you notice it. You don't go tell the pastor. You don't say, well, I'm, I told them brats to get it up. They left it. I'm going to leave it there. They ought to got it up. No, a true leader, because it's God's house. You walk over there and you get it up. You shake the ants off. <laughs> That's leadership. That's good soil. I'm giving you some ingredients here to be that hundred percenter. A church can't have just a church full of thirty percenters. Thank God for every one of them. Don't take that wrong. <laughs> but every church has got to have some hundred percenters and some sixties and some thirties. But those thirties, Amen. I promise you, prayer meeting never entices them. In fact, a lot of times, if hot dogs and hamburgers and chips is not involved. <laughs> Y'all saying, Brother Moore, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, it's the same side I've been getting up on for the last 12 years. So <laughs> it can't be the wrong side. <laughs> Good soil. And it's up to the soil. 
I, I can say when I, I read and studied this again this week, I just I thought with them, I, I said, Lord, <laughs> has anybody ever come with good soil? Can anybody say that they're just good soil, that they didn't have to be worked on? That they wasn't something in the soil somewhere? I mean, one coffee weed, I mean, that's all it takes. But if it's not dealt with, it won't stay by itself. One incident, one bad, but you got to deal with it. Got to. <laughs> and so. He goes from that and he answers. You know the next part that goes down to 13th. I'm going to bypass that. Let's go all the way back to the, let's go to the 24th verse. I know I gave you some scriptures and I've been kind of, I'm sorry. But, but time won't let me. So I'm just, so let's go to the 24th verse. So he begins from this and he begins to work with them. And, and he begins to talk about certain things. And I, I want us to really pay attention to some of these parables. Because they're still true for us today. Because the final results, the final, the outcome. You and I know this. We've been taught this. We know this. If we don't get this right, there is a payday. There is a payday. And that's what you and I sometimes got to remember. So at the 24th verse, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Now we know when you go back to the sword, it talks about the field, the earth, the world. Amen. But here, your own field, man. You sow good seed into your... I believe you can bring this down to your own heart, your own mind, your own life. It's an individual. No, we can't make it by ourselves. But yet, I'm responsible for myself. I've said it from this pulpit. I'll say it again this morning. If I don't make it, it's going to be nobody's fault but my own. I can't blame my children. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame none of you. I can't blame nobody but me. I can't blame the devil. I can't blame God. I'm telling you, God has got this thing set up. If you've got your mind made up, you can make it. Without waver, without doubt. I didn't say there wouldn't be scars. I didn't say there wouldn't be scuffed up knees. I didn't say there wouldn't be times you feel like you've been rolled in the gravel. Amen. I didn't say that. And there may be days, and sometimes there may be a week that you may feel like, Lord, come back. Don't come back this week. <laughs> Give me a few days <laughs> so I can get back into that. There's going to be those seasons. There's going to be those times. But I'm telling you, man, you and I, regardless of where we're at and what we're dealing with and what we're going to deal with, we can hear him say, well done. Thy good and faithful servants, we, we can do that. So as you look at this and you're going to see in the field. And they went out and they sowed good seed. They done it in the light in the daytime. But as the night came, the, the, the wicked one came. and sowed the seeds of tares and sowed them in there. So now nobody didn't realize the difference for a long time. Covered up and disguised because the blades of both of them look so much alike. And the resemblance is so much alike. But when it came time for harvest... When it came time for producing the grain, the fruit. And you know what? You know there's another way to judge whether or not I got the Holy Ghost than just tongues. It's called nine fruits. Nine fruits. It's what's flowing out of me. What I allow. The passion, the love, the desires. 
Amen. And you have to stay on top of this. Because it's an earthen vessel. It's a heavenly treasure, but it's an earthen vessel. I don't know about your earthen vessel, but sometimes mine gets a little too earthly. <laughs> and somebody's got to plow it up. So whenever they come, even this, the servants question him. He said, did you not, did you not sow good seed? Didn't you give us good seed? I, I would know what we... Said, yeah, but an enemy came. Now watch him. He doesn't allow them. They say, okay, we'll go out and pull the tares up. He said, oh, no. You, you can't do that. See, there's some things you and I as men, we can't do that. God's got a time. God's got a season. And he's got an angels to take care of that part. Why? For the sake of the good grain. Because if you go out there and start pulling up the tares, you're going to pull up some good wheat. You're going to destroy some good lives. That's the reason you and I have to be very careful when we're dealing with people. To be long-suffering, to be kind, to be gentle. Amen. Not to be overbearing. Amen. Because why? I won't never forget, I heard this pastor. This pastor had a situation that's going on in his church. His... I don't remember if it was a keyboard or organ player, one or the other. Anyway, this particular instrument player would go out on Friday and Saturday nights and play in the honky-tonks. Now, they claimed the Holy Ghost once was in church and done there, but anyway, the kind of back anyway. So, but then he'd come in on Sunday mornings, and Sunday nights wanted to play for the church. And, well, the pastor found out about this, and so he began to really pray. He wanted to see, you know why? Because that individual had a wife and two or three kids. That were sold out. That was committed. That loved God. And he knew if I don't handle this right. I'm going to destroy them. And not him. So he just kept praying. He got, he got where he would go to the church. And he'd crawl under the, the stool of the, the organ play. Of, of the instrument. And pray and ask God. God you got to help me somehow. This, you know. And sure enough. After several weeks and months of this that went on. Hey and the church could have got really. Because no doubt the church knew what was going on. They probably knew before the pastor. <laughs> Boy, y'all not y'all y'all don't want to. That's okay. <laughs> Amen. But uh, but he kept praying, and all of a sudden, hey, that guy just comes walking in. He says, Pastor, he said, I'm done. I'm through. I won't be back. He just walks out. But to the end of the journey, he kept that wife. He kept every one of his kids. All he lost was him. But if he took it in his own powers, took it into his own grip, and handled it the way he wanted to handle especially if he had got any pressure from out here, he'd have lost them all. So God knows. He's long-suffering. He's kind. He's gentle. He knows when to pluck up. He knows how to work in a manner and a way. I'm not hollering at you this morning. I'm just, I'm just talking to you. Amen. These parables that Jesus, now that he's, he's instructing them from a ship. A great multitude had got him to the point place he actually had to get in a ship. And he's, and he's instructing them, guiding them. Now he's done dealt with them for two chapters. And now he's, 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 he's on a... On a on a journey, trying to help them to understand this. 
He goes to the 31st verse, another parable. It's the parable of the mustard seed. Two parables, actually, in this setting. Again, he calls it the kingdom of heavens likened to a great grain of mustard seed, which man took and sowed in his field. They tell us the grain of a mustard seed is the smallest seed of the herb family. It's very small. It's probably, probably less than an okri or in that likeness. But what is the real key of this mustard seed? It's planting it first of all. Allowing the word of God to be planted into our hearts. And then allowing it regardless of how small that doctrine might have been on that Sunday morning. Or Sunday night or Wednesday night. Allowing that little green. Amen. Don't let the fowls of the air take it out. Don't let hardness. Amen. Callous over it. But allow that green to begin to grow. There's the key to the grain of a mustard seed. Because it's promised in this grain of mustard seed to grow up. Amen. It started out the smallest. Started out just a small minute Started out just 120 in the upper room. Think about it. Started out with only 12 and one of them was going to betray him. But he wasn't going to stay that way. That's the same way with you and I in our walk with God. When we start walking, especially if you weren't brought up in this truth. And weren't brought to have the true revelation of one God. And Jesus named baptism. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and several of us could talk about a process. It was a, the grain of a mustard seed that was placed into our hearts. And man, and we allow it begin to grow. And now it's becoming what? A tree. A tree. Uh, the, uh, the Old Testament writer talks about the tree. It talks about a tree planted up on the mountain. It talks about how it's going to grow and mature and it's going to fill the nations and all nations. And then its tree grows up to be such. And the brows begin to grow out and become such that all kinds of feathered fowls can come and find a resting place. What is he talking about? He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the good tidings. He's talking about the good news. Now, some would take that and say, well, that'll cover all the denominations and cover all. No. What he covers, amen, because when you go to Revelation of all tongues and nations, that means every, every walk of every race, every color. One thing, if you're going to notice, if you'll, you'll do any study on it whatsoever, some of the churches that you see in growing and multiplying is multiculture, a multicolored churches. And so you and I need to start praying even today. If we have any cause about allowing them to be a part of this church. Because if we do, we allow that to choke us and keep us from growing and being what God wants us to be. Oh, I've heard the statements, they can have their own church. That's like they're going to have their own room in heaven. <laughs> wow. I know it's, 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 it's growing too, buddy. You want me to bring something else up about it? What about marriage? What you going to do with that? Because I, I remember... Some of these even 20 years ago. 
How are you going to keep your babies from marrying their babies? Getting a little uncomfortable, ain't it? <laughs> Praise God. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we can stifle what God really wants to do. And, and the, you know, if we're not careful, the biggest problem, uncrucified flesh. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, even I, I've realized, even in the last week or so in myself, God, I'm not as dead as I need to be. I'm not as crucified as I need to be. Man, to let this kingdom grow. And give it, give it a chance to grow. Give it an opportunity to grow. See, everybody's not going to grow the same. Not at the same speed and the same revelations. There'll be some areas that some people don't have no problem. I don't have no problem of changing some of their appearances. But there may be some areas that they struggle with a little while. And they have to work on it. And let God work on it. And all it takes sometimes is one unwise whoever. Well, if you'd had the Holy Ghost, you'd already conquered that. If you had the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't have acted that way. I'm talking about the one that just said that. <laughs> because mature Holy Ghost filled people always remembers that these little darlings, if you offend them, you better off to have a rock tied around your neck and cast into the sea. So you better hound it with you better hound it with great care. You see that little fella that Brother Byron's walking here with? Brother, can you tote me, bring me in here like that? Maybe. What's the age of accountability? Anybody can tell me? Scripturally, you can't. But there is, I do believe there is a point in time. All these babies won't start walking at the same time. Some of them may even bypass crawling. Well, they don't recommend that. But some may not even crawl. And just go past that stage and start walking. But they actually encourage us, the, the professionals, <laughs> they don't want her to walk too early. They don't want your baby up running and walking at six months old. I wonder why. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> Get all bow-legged. And we'll deform them for life. That's the reason you and I have to be careful. Now, now, can I, can I go on the other side of the fence a little bit now? If we're raised in this, we've heard this all our life, and it's the truth. And you start dibbling, dabbling with it, and messing and gumming with it. You will see the day when the, when the master steps in and says, cut it down. It's covering the ground. It's not producing now, the shepherd wants to dig around it another year. 
wants to fertilize it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I haven't gave it the attention I should have. But I promise you one year from that point when he come back through, if it wasn't producing, pluck it up. Pluck it up. Even God talks about in the Revelation, removing the candlestick, taking it out. So we've got to have balance with this. We've got to, that's the reason, I'm going to go back to that. That's the reason you and I as moms and dads and young people, you're in the adult class this morning. If you want to be a part of leadership, you want to be the husband or the wife and become a leader and a pillar in the church, you've got to start taking on that responsibility. I feel a little nudging of something here. Can I deal with it? That's the reason it's not the will of God for you to always, every Sunday night, to sit and enjoy the, the food and the refreshments and everything and never offer to help clean up. Never get involved. This is how you learn. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, you go over and get in that kitchen and you tell them, Elder Sister, if they say something about it, I, I sent you. I come to learn. I come to see how it's done. I come to get involved. Come to be a part of it. Young men too. It don't hurt us. Hey, I don't mind help cleaning up. You know, I, you know what? I found out that you know if everybody gets involved, it's not near the burden. It's easy for everybody. And it's just a part of... And that's just, hey folks, that's a little simple, okay? Because if when you start getting involved in some of that, there's other things you're going to get involved in. And you'll want to get involved in. you want to participate. We got some full-grown adults that don't never help. Now there's some that shouldn't. Health, feel bad. I don't know why I got on this one. I should have left this stump alone. <laughs> I feel this one rising up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I'm trying to kill it, not fertilize it, but anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But but you know what I'm saying? That's that's hey, hey, we got some men that helps us every other Sunday night, help cook and get involved. And you know, that's a big thing nowadays. And this it's getting getting bigger. Outside kitchens. Men love them. Now some of us men, I might, if I retire, I might, I might get involved in some of it. If I get hungry enough, I definitely get involved. <laughs> that means there's no peanut butter and jelly. There's no... <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Catfish house is closed. Superstore is closed. Uh, I guess I'll cook today. <laughs> Maybe a good day to fast. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. But, but, but... Getting involved in some manner, some way. I, I just, I want to know. I, I want to. And so that you, you, you. I don't know why I got on that, but I did. I got to move on. It talks about the tares. We done talked about that one. The treasure of the goodly pearl. Amen. A pearl. Amen. And here, you, you see again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto what? A treasure. See it in a field. And which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. For joy. Catch that one. Catch that one. And for joy. I'm ready to give up the world. 
I'm ready to sell all that I've got. And it's one thing to be willing to sell all that, but with joy to sell it. Joy, man, to buy not just a treasure. He had to buy the field. You got to buy the field. You can't buy just a treasure. Working of the field sometimes is the reason there's a treasure there. And to keep that treasure bubbling and, and, and operating your life, you've got to work the field. Because if you're not willing to work the field, the treasure's not going to be there. Hey, they, they tell us this. That's the reason men like Brother J.T. Pugh and men like that, that knew what it was to have their heads run into brick walls. Trying to stop them from preaching the gospel. That knew what it was to have their tents burnt down. That knew what it was to have old log trucks sitting out there ribbing up their motors and trying to, trying to cause such a confusion. That knew what it was to be standing on the platform preaching the word of God. Amen. And, and all of a sudden God moved upon this preacher. had never stepped off the platform. All of a sudden God moved upon him and tells him to step off the platform. And when he steps off of it, the shotgun goes off. We don't know anything about that. And so what can happen sometimes is we don't really realize the price that was paid for us to have the opportunity to hear about the kingdom of heaven. And so there has been a great price paid in these, on these grounds for this gospel in the early 1900s. We'd be shocked if you go back and study church history and the prices and the sacrifices that were made. I remember reading Sister Holmes' book, and she talked about when God moved them, moved them to Blexia, I believe it was, or maybe no, maybe it's to Arkansas from Blexi. And one or the other, I can't remember which way, which way they're traveling. But anyway, on their way trying to do it because they felt of God and moved of God to do it. Seems like they broke down. I don't know. It was a number of times just trying to make that trip. They broke down. And most people say because of all this struggle and heartaches and disappointment, it's not worth it. It's not the will of God. Now, all this is going somewhere in 1136. So I'm going to push to the end of this. So... When we look at the last parable, again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Notice it's a net. See, see a lot of times in, your, in the Bible, that's people, that's mankind. That's what it's referring to. You can go to Revelation to other places. You'll see that happening. Out of the sea, the beasts come. And so this is system all that comes out of men. And they would be, so see, a net. And so they took that net and throwed it. And, and caught all kinds. Huh. Can I say it? All colors. And they pulled it. When it was full. When the fullness of time comes, he's leading somewhere with this. There's something going to happen. There's something going to take place in the fullness of time. You and I know this morning that time is approaching us. 
We see some things going on and around us that warns us about being ready to meet the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know every generation, I heard a man say it just this past week, and he, he's close to my age. And, but he said, I can remember as a teenager, he said, man, I'm never going to get to marry. I'm never going to know what it's like to raise children and all this other stuff. And I've heard it here throughout the years of pastoring, you know, young people. And I understand that. And they, some of these babies are going to be saying some of the same things that the Lord tarries. But there's going to be a generation that's going to know anything about that. Because the coming of the Lord is going to happen. It's going to take place. And so when it was full, they brought him in. They took the unclean. Watch this. There's always going to be a separation. Don't kid yourself. Don't listen to that spirit except whoever and however and just whatever. That's not true. There's always going to be a separation. There's always going to be a clean and an unclean. You could see it in Leviticus in the animal kingdom. You could see it, amen, as it slips over into the New Testament too. There's a likeness of that that goes on. The types and the purpose and the reasons behind all of that. <laughs> and so even here, the unclean is going to be taken, divided. And they're going to be cast away. And the good is going to be put into vessels and held on and kept. How many is interested this morning? As you, as you stand in this place today. No, give me a few more minutes. You don't mind. Can, can I have just... I, I know it's. I'm, I went a lot slower this morning. Uh, I've been a little more whatever. But, but go to the latter part of your lesson. I, I want to bring something out. I want us to get a little better understanding of what's going on. What's warring against us. What's battling against us. As you look at this latter part of this lesson. You're going to see where he talks about a man. If you drop down about three quarters of the way. Throughout the Bible, Babylon represents a system opposed to God's coming kingdom. In a sense, Babylon epitomizes how Satan actively works to draw God's mission in the world. You can go back to Genesis 11 and 4. That's the time of Babylon, uh, the Babylon. You can go to Jeremiah 51 and 7. I think I've got that scripture. 51 and 7. Jeremiah 51 and 7 is probably toward the end. They're about. Or... But let's, let's look at that verse for just a second. I thought I had it. Well, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Babylon. God set it up. God raised him up. God raised him up. Go back to when you look at Jeremiah and all of his. And he's the one that says Jeremiah that they, they put in stock. That they put in the mire. But why? Because he was telling them and warning them. Hey, you're better off. Amen. Go to Babylon. Submit to it. It's God's will. Amen. The iniquity. Y'all know all about that. Okay. So they know they got to go to Babylon. Remembers a city. A city that was built. Amen. As far as man could judge. And as man looked at it. A city that could not be penetrated. A city that could not be overcome. It was. It was. It, was, it had a defense. Amen. The, the location that. Geographical location of it could not be overcome. But but you watch it, it's going to be. Oh, why? That city represented to, Amen. And watch Babylon's the ones that, that over over again overstepped their boundaries. What God had raised them up in the punishment. Amen. And so he raises up a man, the surgeon. Amen. It comes up and comes against this city. But watch it. The Babylon, amen, was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. Amen. The nations have drunken of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. 
They're beside themselves. Hey, we're living in a world today that's really getting beside herself. I mean, it's just getting so loony and so far out there. We're seeing the spirit of Babylon. We're seeing this same force, this same power. Amen. It's in operation. And it's got its limits. It's got its place. God's got this. Don't ever think God don't. Now, we're not going to be exempt. There's going to be some persecutions. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be some temptations. That's the reason you are. I've got to have our minds made up. we got to be anchored. we got to be settled. Amen. And, and, and watch, you watch a lot of the other temptations. Hey, a lot of this stuff that we're dealing with today, it deals with, amen, man lifting himself up. Man wanting to be more than what he is. Amen. Instead of living life and conducting life the way he wants to, he's looking for means and ways, amen, to have more energy, to have more strength, to have more power, to indulge in more pleasures and, and things of this nature. I mean, if you really look at it, that's, that's, that's a pulling factor of the day of the time that we're living in. Amen. But, but as you watch some of this, as we go through some of this, you're going to go, Babylon divides, corrupts, and turns the nations away from God's plan. While the kingdom of God unites the nations in worship and service of the one true God. God always unites us. God always joins us together. It was never the will of God for there to be isms and schisms. Even in religion, religion actually is man. Now that don't mean that there wouldn't go, no, no, the intent of it, oh, the, the teaching of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Messiah, the recognizing and, and, and responding to who he was, who he was. Amen. And if you go back and read all that, you're going to see they question him, who he was, his identity. Amen. We know his sisters. We know his brother-in-law. We know all of that. Hey, he's just a carpenter's son. Amen. But whenever you and I come to that place, and you know what? He was the Messiah, that he's God manifested in the flesh. Amen. That he's the one that came after 4,000 years to do what? To be a savior of the world. That's what this gospel does. It liberates us. It delivers us. It sets us free. There's a kingdom. It's a power. It's a peace. It's a love. Amen. Like nothing else. Nothing else can take the place of it. There's nothing like it, even though they're trying their best to do it. I tell you, this is the greatest life to live in this earth. This is the greatest life. Amen. If they want to hell or heaven, amen. All said and done, this is the greatest life to live. Amen. As he directs us and guides us and instructs us. Go back again to Leviticus. Go back to the animals. Amen. The unclean and the clean. And it's best to eat what the clean animals. He told Noah the seven and the seven pair for sacrifice and for eating, and then the unclean only one pair. And so this process just keeps over and over and over. Amen. Why? Because these vessels created in His image, created in His likeness, we belong to God. But we're the very product, Amen, that the devil wants, that the spirit of iniquity, Amen, wants to captivate, that the spirit of iniquity wants to dominate, that the spirit of iniquity is bombarding against us. It's the spirit of Babylon, Amen. This city, Amen. We're all the merchants and all the boats as they set off and look and watch it burn up. When you go to Revelation, they're going to weep and mourn. And they don't know what they're going to do and what direction they're going to take. That's the reason you and I, we don't put our trust in our money. We don't put our trust in man. I'll preach on that a little bit tonight. Our trust is in God. In his word and his promises, regardless of what it may look like, regardless of the leadership we got in this world, God's going to see us through. As born again believers, we got to make up in our own minds and hearts I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to become disqualified. Amen. I'm going to keep getting up, I'm going to keep on marching. I'm going to keep living for God. Why? 
Because if you watch the end of this, amen, even the city, when you go to Revelations 19 and 1 and 2. Alua, actually four times, only four times in New Testament, all four is in this particular chapter. I mean, praise to God. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteousness are his judgments. For he have judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. And hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Amen. There's coming an end. There's coming a closing. Amen. To Babylon. But there's not going to be an end to this kingdom. And this power that you and I are a part of here tonight. When you go to Isaiah 42 and 7. You're going to see there to open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sat in darkness out of the prison house. Anybody thankful for the light this morning? Anybody thankful for being brought out of darkness? We don't know. We don't only just know who to worship. A lot of people says they know him and they call him by name, but we know how to worship him. We know how to be led by him. We know how to be anointed by him. We know to turn to him when you don't, can't turn any other place. We put our trust. We put in all. They tell us not to put all your eggs in one basket. Oh yes, you do. When it comes to salvation, when it comes, Amen. Eternal life. There's only one basket. There's only one name. There's only one. Lord, there's only one Savior, there's only one ark, there's only one tabernacle, there's only one, one door into that ark, and, and there's only going to be one church and one body of believers and one body, amen. And they all got to come under the name, they all got to come under the baptism, both of water and spirit, they all got to be led by the spirit, and we can't live a too, too full life, hallelujah. We got to have our minds made up, amen. I'm going to keep myself right, I'm going to keep my spirit right, I'm going to keep my attitude right, I'm going to for God regardless of what comes and goes I don't want to become a castaway I don't become disqualified the price is too great I tell you the pleasures of sin is just for a season hallelujah but I tell you the punishment of it's going to be for an eternity but oh when we get to the other side it's going to be worth every struggle it's going to be worth every battle everything that you had to overcome everything you had to you had to make up in your mind oh, spirit, I'm going to be victorious I'm not going to let Babylon or the spirit of Babylon rob and take from me. I'm going to present myself. I can't, do, I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. I can pray for you and you can pray for me. We can encourage one another. But when, if, when it's all final said and done as we stand in this house this morning it's a personal, it's a personal encounter and a personal responsibility. We can all look at times that we could maybe backslide or walk out on God or question things. But when it's all said and done, if I don't make it, it's nobody's fault but my own. It won't be God's for sure. Amen. All the devil can beguile and be tricked and cause heartaches and troubles. But all said and done, he really didn't have the power or the ability to rob you of your soul or to rob me of my soul. No, the Lord's paid a price. The God that we serve, the kingdom is at hand now. The kingdom of heaven 
is at hand. It's, 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 we can get a hold of it. Amen. You can experience it for yourself. You can walk in the beauty, the power, and the joy of it. Hallelujah. If you and I just make up in our minds, as feeble as these bodies may get sometimes, we have the assurance of eternal life and a brand new body. Amen. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear tomorrows. God's got all those tomorrows covered. All the tomorrows for our babies too. This is the best thing you and I can do. Is raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. If we have to do it all by ourselves. It's going to be worth the pay. It's going to be worth it at the end of the journey. Amen. As God puts his blessings and favor upon his people in this end time. Amen. They're telling you the church is going to elevate. The church is going to rise up. Amen. And as much as the world, there's going to be a church. There's going to be a body of believers. There's going to be some true worshipers. Amen. That God's going to flow and operate through. He's already doing it to a certain degree and form. Amen. Revival breaking out. The Holy Ghost is breaking out. The Spirit of God moving upon people. Amen. And that's what we want to see happen. We want to see it happen right here in Bendale, Mississippi. We want to see it to our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors. Amen. Their lives being touched. Their souls being touched. Their hearts being moved upon. And you know what? It's some of that hinges upon you and I. Amen. I'm going to pay the price. Hallelujah. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I want to hear his voice. God, give me an ear. How often did Jesus said, he that's got an ear, he that's got an ear, he that's got an ear. It's not just the two on the side of our head either, but he that's got an ear to hear the word of God, to hear the voice of God. And when you hear it, amen, you've got to be a doer of it. Not just a hearer, but a doer of it. Not just one, I just wish I could do it. No, we can do it. We can't let that attitude or that spirit, I'm just going to wish my way in. Well, tomorrow I'm going to do better Oh, today is a day of salvation. Now is a time. you got to make up in your mind, heart, and spirit this morning. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to fight the fight. I'm going to get involved. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. We're in this thing until there's no more breath in the body. And long as there's breath in this body, we're soldiers in the kingdom of God. And we got to fight against Babylon. we got to fight against the force and the powers of the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's up to you and I vessels of God and experience God, love of God and the power of God it's up to you and I amen praise God Romans 11 23 and 24 talks about worship talks about celebrating amen of the fact of God's mercy amen has been this God has made room. Amen. Regardless, don't make any difference, cultures. Don't make any difference, color of their skin. We, we, can, we can be hesitant on that, amen, if you want to. But if we're going to be the church wants us to be, you'll see the day it'll be a multicolored church. With, I oh, wouldn't some dead and gone. We're going to run that 300. They're not going to all be white face. Boy, that's... that's I, I, I don't beat around the bush. I don't know how to do that. I'm just telling you like how it's going to be. We're going to run 300. It's going to be multicolored. And God will handle it. And God will help us to handle it. And if we'll let him, God will do it. Amen. And you know what? Everybody ought to have a right to hear this gospel. Experience the love of God. I often thank God how often, how merciful, how long-suffering, 
how kind you've been to me. To me. God, you help me. You help me to witness. You help us to invite. You help us do what we possibly can. Amen. To touch hearts and to touch lives. Amen. To give them an opportunity. Amen. To know this God. To know this God through the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we love you today and appreciate you. We're so thankful for your compassion, your grace and mercy. God, I'm thankful that we have fell on the rock and become broken and allow you to put us back together. We wouldn't wait for the day that the rock falls on us and grinds us to powder. No, we would make up in our hearts, our minds and spirits this morning. Today even, I want to be a vessel of yours. I want to be a chosen vessel, a faithful vessel, a vessel that finishes the journey, the course that has been set for me as an individual. With the true love of God, my heart, with the love of Christ, the love of souls, the loves of the families of this church, God, this church that belongs to you, is called by your name and washed by your blood and filled by your spirit. You help us, God, to lift up our voices and our hearts, our minds are to none other but Jesus Christ. The powers of your glory, the powers of your presence, which move upon us and through us. Hallelujah. In this community, that souls might be saved through and by that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love you today. Appreciate you. Amen. Let the parables, let the instructions of the Lord go back and read these three chapters. Put them together. Rehearse them. Amen. You know what? I want to be a product of the goodness and the mercy of God. I want to be a soul winner in this end time, regardless of who they are. I want to be a soul winner. How about you? God bless you. See you tonight.